Oh yeah, Billy. Uh, he's doing some paperwork for some stuff in his house and stuff. So. Uh, this is episode forty-one, buddy. Forty-one. Well, I take that back. It's probably closer to 40 because I know there's a few where I duplicated the episode. Like I did like one week. I said it was episode 32, but it was actually episode like 31. But then the next episode was 32. And I so we're in like the 40. We're, we're at least 40, though. I mean, we're we're in. There. Okay. I dig it. And so I have this this cool Quetzalcoatl Quetzalcoatl talisman thing that David Brahms printed me is like a good look charm for the snake room, right? And so I figured it'd be awesome Very if I cool. took a metallic sharpie and like did little... Dude, it looks like uh, Ouroboros. Yeah. Right? But you're, I'm gonna hang it in the snake room. But I figured I'd, I'd give it a little more... What's up, Hendog? Make it a little cooler. Yeah. How's your... Brandon Wheeler in the house. Well, it's on Facebook. So I have it now going to Facebook. I have it going to the THN Facebook page and the PCE YouTube channel. So. I wish you would have told me that I would have plugged more of the THN. Well, I, I, I decided to do it last minute. So it was literally like two seconds before you hopped on. So Nice, nice. Dude, I'm loving it. We're on Facebook, simulcasting to Facebook. I know. Have, you know, uh, old school... Uh, taxonomic illustrations as our backdrop. Who's better than us? You're hand-painting a, uh, a reptilian talisman. I love it. I wouldn't say I'm painting. You're, 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 you're inking. Sure. What's up, T.E.? What is, what is going on? Not much, man. Not much. I, uh, I went through all my, uh, I kind of neglected the critters after Daytona just because I was just like swamped, like family stuff. And mm -hmm. you don't know, I, I had a death in the family and uh, it was not, it wasn't, it wasn't bad, but it was like getting family together and COVID and all that other shit, figuring all that out. But it was good. It was, it was, it was good. And, um, and yeah, I finally went back to work on Friday so I was like, oh God, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do snakes. You know what I mean? And uh, I forgot that I have some uh, rescue cottons. Uh, mm -hmm. So some adult adults, like big enough to breed, but not like gigantic. And uh, I left live rat crawlers in with them. And I was like, oh God, they're gonna kill them. They're gonna liquefy and I'm gonna have a disgusting mess. And I opened the drawers and there's nothing there. I was like, fuck, they ate right off the bat. That's awesome. So. That was a, a bad mistake on my part. A, leaving live prey in there. B, leaving it in there for like four or five days. Because I just neglectful. And sure as hell they ate them. <laughs> so. Sometimes, man, I think that like dropping and then disappearing for the rest of the day. Like if you got those those animals that are just really weird about food and they're very shy. Yeah. Eat them last, drop it and leave, man. Come back yeah. to it. Check it, you know, later that day, the next morning, whatever. Mm -hmm. I think that's the case with this subok I got. I think that subok just needs to be left the hell alone because he still hasn't. I mean, he hasn't eaten for me, but at the same time, I'm really not all that surprised because it's a subok, like, and it's a male subok. Yeah. And they're, uh, I mean, they're not exactly known for being great eaters. So. Yeah. Yeah. What are you smoking tonight, sir? 
Right now, it is a rocky sundown, but I'm about to ditch it for a Dunbar Tobacco and Trust Brulee Blue. Very they, nice. They only made a couple thousand of. I think they only did like 10,000 boxes of them. So. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah. I, uh, I it's release day. It's what? Release day. Anytime there's a new issue of the magazine, I'm, I intentionally make sure I pick out something very good and expensive. Well, that's funny because I... This is not expensive, but I never had. I love the Tabernacles; they're growing on me. But I've never had. I've never had a legitimate Lancero, except right. for Monte Cristo Portofinos, which I mean, technically is a Lancero. It's just, is it Connecticut? I think it is. Yeah, it's Connecticut with a Bono filler, but but yeah, this is legit. Those are good. So uh, I smoked that one you gave me. So. Yeah, that's right. I gave you one of these two. Shit, forgot about that. It was delicious. So, was your release day good? Um, it was. We are. We were behind. I mean, this is actually coming out pretty cool, dude. Almost looks like that Abronia Frost Eye. It does. Be pretty it's, cool. I told you, dude. It's like a melanistic cataphractus. I love it. Um. Yeah, I mean, we were late. Usually we try to get issues out uh, on the 27th, and unfortunately, obviously that didn't happen. Part of it was, well, I won't say a part of it. A lot of it was me coming back from Daytona and vacation and feeling like I never really left and just kind of being like lazy and unmotivated and sort of getting back into the swing of things. Um, But Daytona, I mean, definitely did throw things off a little bit, so... Um, but I mean, it's out. I can now get back to work on updating the website slowly but surely, getting everything got up there. And um, yeah, man, excellent. Get, get to working on issue twelve. Fucking love it, man. Love it. What's up, Dan the man? Wait a minute, is Dan on Facebook and he's on YouTube? Savage. He would. Yeah. He's special. He's special. He's a no, I can't smoke out of it, Wheeler. It's 3D printed. That would be kind of cool if it was like a whistle or something, right? Yeah, right. A kazoo. <laughs> be, a, be a ref in soccer and whip this bad boy out. Be like... Right. Y'all about to find out. <laughs> Tell Brahms he's got to like bore out the head and then make a straight line and just have it as like a pipe. Dude, this 3D printed stuff does not hold up to heat well. That, mm. would, not, that would not work. Yeah, plus you like smoking plastic, that would be very bad. Uh, Hendog wants to know if we can simulcast to Twitch as well. Um, I don't think so. I think it just gives you the option of Facebook, YouTube. I think that's it. Uh, let me ask you a question. Can you hear my dog barking in the background? Um, I think I just heard a small yap, but... No. I left on National Geographic and he is being an asshole. You hear him? No. Oh, yeah. Did he just bark? Yeah. Yeah. I can hear him a little bit. It's, let, it's, let, me, let me address this real quick. Excuse me, folks. Dan. Thomas, that'd be awesome, dude. There's good money in custom pipes too. A lot of people buy them. 
a lot of pipe nerds out there. What's everybody up to? <laughs> Brahms, uh, Brahms printed these. He can't sell them because he got the, uh, like the, the mold, not the mold, but the, uh, like the plans for making this with a 3D printer, like from some sort of community website. It's pretty cool. You're supposed to like hang it in your in your room, and it's good luck. Which I mean, I'm, not, I'm not superstitious or anything like that. When you're dealing with conjures and stuff. You know all the luck you can get. Uh, sorry about that, folks. Unacceptable, Phil. I had to beat the shit out of a dachshund. Not literally, just metaphorically. How's the Daytona animals doing? The Daytona animal, because I only got one, is doing tip-top. Um, it's amazing how inquisitive the female is uh, opposed to the male who just hides all day long. Um, for those of you who are not aware, I acquired a Queensland water python about month and a half ago, two months ago, and then I wound up acquiring a male, and I acquired a female at Daytona that I'm 99.9% .9 sure it's a plush mate, um, but the female is a little bit bigger than the male, and they're both super puppy dog tame, they're great, but the female is constantly- Just a little stitious. What's that? Jimmy's saying just a little stitious, it's an office reference. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, there you go. The, um... <laughs> But uh, the female is super inquisitive to everything. And like, I, I have the rack in my bedroom um, just so I can keep tabs on baby stuff. And I'll be sitting there watching TV and like, I'll see like her nose come up and like checking out the tub, you know, and like looking around in the mail. I just never see him. Actually, I thought he was dead this morning because he was sleeping in the tub like this. And I was like, why is his mouth open? Like, why is he all like fucked up looking? And like, I touched him and he was like, what the, what was that? You know, immediately he thinks he's at the Albert Python all cocked back and tongue going crazy. I was like, I'm sorry, man. He looked like you were dead. I had to poke you. Wellness check. Wellness check. So how are your Daytona critters? I saw the- They uh, are- Huh? I saw them Jansenot pictures earlier. Yeah, I treated them. So, I mean, people, if you get new snakes, and I'm not saying this to be preachy at all or anything like that, but if you get a new snake, I don't care if it came from Jesus himself. It's just beautiful. Treat it for mites regardless of if you see them or not. Not saying that I had an incident or anything like that. I just learned... And you really only have to learn this lesson once. Um, you get something new, treat it preemptively regardless. Save yourself the headache. It's not going to hurt the animal. Just get it done and make it a non-issue. It's true. It's super so, uh, easy. Like I spray down the front line in the tub before I put the substrate or the paper towel on. 
I, I spray the actual paper towel or the puppy pet and, and let it dry out, like air out real good. And then I'll tuck it in there. And then what I've done with the plants in the Jansen eye cage or tubs is uh, put um, put the all the fake ferns, not both cages at the same time, not both ferns in the cage at the same time, but fern cage, each go in a trash bag. And I spray that front line in there real good. Yeah. Rub it in shake it up and then i like tie it so it's like just fumigating it's good. in there and uh let it sit there for a couple minutes not terribly long just until i get the the cage squared away usually i'll go do something while i you know let the snake be treated in another tub just on paper towel mm-hmm. and uh i mean it's it's easy like i mean five ten minutes and i do it every four days and it's like that mites mites like that it's nice because so most of us have probably dealt with mites at one point or another if you haven't dealt with mites, every you, you're gonna deal with mites at some point yeah it's gonna happen um what's up double d they're really like they they ha- do they have the potential to be serious yes yes but they are easy to kill the only problem is just the way they reproduce and their numbers uh, they they reproduce like exponentially, so you have to be consistent with treatment. You have to stay at it, even if you're not seeing mites. Like I haven't seen any mites in the Jansen eye now, especially the female who was the one that I saw a couple. I didn't see a lot. I saw like one or two dead in the water bowl, which can quickly turn into a lot. But uh, like I said, it's a matter of consistency. Like every four days or so, new puppy pad. Uh, cage furniture gets touched up um, and then it's just you have to stay with it even when you don't see them because the way their life cycle works is kind of strange like they have they have four or five life stages two of those they're non-parasitic but they're non-feeding and you don't really see them so I mean that they can survive on certain like in areas for an extended period of time, which is kind of surprising given how small they are. Um, so it's just a matter of like even if you don't see them anymore, you have to just keep treating because there's a very good chance you're going to have eggs or something laying around, and uh, if you just continue to stay at it, eventually you can stop and you won't see them anymore, and it won't be a problem because they'll be gone, gone. Yeah. So yeah. Just got to stay with it, you know. I've actually, uh, I've seen animals that died of what we perceived that, because obviously we're not veterinarians and we haven't cut anything open, but um, we've, I've seen animals where we determined that it was straight anemia yep. from an overdose of mites. Yep. They will literally like bleed the animal dry, like suck the animal mm-hmm. dry. Uh, you know, if they're, taking, if they're taking red blood like that, too, I mean, you got to think that animals are getting dehydrated because, you know, that water and stuff they need gets carried through the blood. And if the mites are eating that, the snake's not getting it. Or, you know, it's just, they're very easy to treat. They're very easy to kill. It's just a matter of, like, not taking your foot off the gas too soon, you know. Right, just, right. Just, even if you think, hey, I think they're close to done, if you still have a gut feeling that you should hit them again, do it. Yeah. Dominique wants to know, uh, have you tried other mite treatments? Why do you like Frontline? I like Frontline because I don't have to worry about killing the snake with it. Very true. 
I've used ivermectin solutions in the past. Ivermectin is an awesome drug. It kills a lot of things very easily, but the problem with that is if you use too much, you can kill your animal with it too. Yes. Um, especially chelonians. Like, you don't use ivermectin with chelonians at all. It will 100% kill them, like, guaranteed you are going to kill your animal if you use uh, ivermectin. Um, and for whatever reason, just when it, however it works when it crosses the blood-brain barrier in uh, chelonians especially it causes paralysis and they don't come back from it. Like when it gets into their brain and that in their head, it right. wreaks havoc. Yeah. Uh, have you ever tried seven dust? I've ever tried what? Seven dust. Like playing the band? No, 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 no. Seven dust is a organic pesticide in a powder form that farmers use or agricultural horticultural whatever they use it to basically scare bugs away um it works like a million bucks and a lot of organic farmers use it because it is organic it's a bunch of different minerals that are not toxic it's not man-made it's just a bunch of naturally occurring stuff and it's like a brown fine fine almost like a, a, a baking flour uh it's a very fine powder and uh I was hesitant about it because, you know, it just it reminds you of pest strips. Like it comes in that same old school generic, you know, cartoon packaging. Yeah. But I've used it with great success. Other friends I have in the zoo field have also used it with great success. But to me, it does not rid them. It's more of a strict preventative. Um, I still am a, oh, that looks so cool, dude. That looks awesome. I put silver on my head. Looks good. The um, I used it. I'll mix in a, a couple pinches into the substrate, uh, like sprinkle it around and then kind of fluff it, and it, it works. It works really well. I'll still I still do frontline when I physically see the mites, but uh, is it like diatomaceous earth kind of stuff? I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I've never really read the ingredients. It, it's it's like eight bucks for a container the size of like a large grated Parmesan cheese container. Okay. And it's like eight bucks. You get it at Home Depot. It has like vegetables and animals on the front because it's non-toxic, according to them. And I've never had issues with it. And if someone has, I'd love to hear their feedback on it. Um, but like I said, I've had friends in the zoo field that used it. And Ryan Cox, Phil, seven isn't organic. There you go. I don't know. I get nervous about pretty much any of that stuff that's um, marketed towards like large game like large animal yard stuff um the msds yeah so i just i used ivermectin ivermectin's kind of a pain because it's also light sensitive so if you don't keep it tucked away somewhere even the solution if you don't keep it somewhere darker in a dark spray bottle it goes bad over time it doesn't have a great shelf life once it does hit light um it just it works really well, but at the same time, like I don't have to worry nearly as much with the front line as I do that ivermectin. I mean, yeah, about, it's a very small dosage with ivermectin that you need. So Cox just sent me a safety data sheet on product code, which I'm assuming is seven dust P seven. 
DCON 7 systems. Recommended use, no significant, no information available. Uses, ad I can't barely read tonight. Uses advised against, no information available. All right. Um, <laughs> warning, causes skin irritation, causes eye irritation. Okay. And uh, yeah, I was lied to because it's a bunch of fucking chemicals. I just, I mean, I don't know about you. I just prefer not to be the guinea pig. You know, Hazards not otherwise classified. No. Okay. Yeah, see, this is all the stuff like if you breathe it in or like put it in your eyeball. Um, well, I'll put it this way. I have used it quite frequently over the years, and I've never had an issue. But upon further investigating, it looks like I will probably stop using it. Yeah, like I said, frontline man, it's just, aside from just having very strong smell to it, um, if you let it air out enough, because it's, it's weird, like it smells like, like rubbing alcohol, but it's like oil-based, uh, and so it leaves like residue on surfaces and I've sprayed some of the, like I spray the inside of the hides with it too, and I wipe it out. So there's just like a very like a dry coat of it on there almost. Uh, right. Because I do the inside of the hides, I do under the water bowl. Any like mites like dark spaces. So under the water bowl, under the hide, like all up in that fake foliage. Uh, yeah. See, I knew Henry was gonna pipe up and say predatory mites. Yeah. 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 There it comes. <laughs> Which actually, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It would be pretty cool to see those kind of do their job. But it just still freaks me out about like in introduce. Like, I mean, I live in Florida, man. If it gets out of your house, it's going to live and breed and survive. So I just feel weird about it. And I, yeah. do find, I find that, that with the uh, front line that I don't have to, like with the scrub, mm -hmm. with the Jansen eye, with the little bears, everything that, that I got recently, um, I don't necessarily have to spray the snake with it. Like if I give them enough treatment regularly in the box, like they get that, that oil or that residue from the front line on their bodies. It does its job, you know. Um, I know the original video that kind of got everybody hooked on the frontline thing was that one Stephen Cotts did, uh, where he had rubber gloves, he sprayed frontline on his hands, he rubbed the snake down with it, got under the chin fold around the oculars and stuff like that, and uh, he never mentioned actually spraying it like on the substrate. But I come to find, like I said, I just I take like example. So if this is my puppy pad or my paper towel, I just. I'll hold it a pretty good ways away. I'll just as I'm going down, hit it, turn it over, hit it one one pull, keep it a light mist, and then I'll sit it out and let it dry for five or ten minutes before I actually put it in there. And uh, it, I mean, it has no no odor after that. But even then, I mean, I've had some of the tubs where like, I hit that the the fake ferns and stuff really well, and it definitely smelled. But I haven't had any issues with the snakes so far. But, it just yes. it works well. It's a it works. It's expensive, yes, but 
I've come to find that I think it's slightly more reliable than the ivermectin solution just because you don't have to worry about it going bad. You don't know if you're using a solution that's bad. Right. Because the ivermectin, you can't tell if it's bad or not. Um, I just, I've always actually diluted it too, and that way I can be a little more liberal with it and not have any kind of worry. So. Yeah, and I know a lot of people do dilute it down too, but I I never have. I've just used it straight out of the bottle. So, what's up, princess? Good night. Hey. Uh, put your stuff in Alice's bathroom. What are you doing? Okay. What are you, why are you biting me? Ellie, uh, uh, come on. Strange one. But I've never diluted it. No, I've never diluted it. Yeah, what I what I'll do is I will uh, I will dilute it into one of those Home Depot spray bottles, and I'll do seven or eight full squirts of the front line into the bottle, and then I will do like one squirt of antibacterial soap. Just to kind of give it like a little frothiness and like a, a it breaks process. the surface tension and stuff too. I'm sure. It yeah. Helps and, then, and then I'll just fill the bottle with you know tap water and shake it up real good and do all that. And that way, if I have to like hose the snake down with it and just douse them, I don't worry too much. But again, I still let all the air ventilate, and I, I'll I'll take the lid of the tub and you know waft it out so that it's not just huffing fumes, you know. So. But yeah, I had a long time, man. I had like 12 or 13 years with no mites, and then just came back around. And that, that was about five, six years ago. So. They happen, man. It's just one of those things. I mean, you've worked in shops and stuff. You understand. You know. uh -huh. Oh, yeah. And the first, I mean, the first time I got them, I remember I had a, like, the first pop one carpet, or Erie and Jaya, uh, whatever you want to call them. I mean, I had one, and it had mites, and... I ended up going and it was under its hide one day and I went and looked and that thing was dead and just had so many, I mean, crawling with mites. Yeah. And I was keeping it on like a, not maybe like the, the cocoa bark, like the cubed coconut mm -hmm. um, before, you know, it was sold in the big bales and stuff that it is now, whatever it's called, I forget. Um, and I had no idea that they were in there and that's one of the reasons why during quarantine I don't use substrates, I use paper towel. Um, it sucks because with the Baird's rats and other colubrids especially, they like to tear that up. They try to like get under it and they end up bunching it all up in the middle of the tub and everything like that. But you see these things a lot easier. You know, mites, like I said, they're, they're so small, they're very good at hiding. You know, it just, paper towel for the first handful of months until I know they're they're clean, right. clean and then right. I'll give them aspen or whatever. But. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'm doing with the signing on right now. Signing on on quarantine and paper towels and I quadruple the paper towels up so it's some kind of actual bedding. But I can see if there's stuff crawling around. You know? The other thing too is I try to uh, if I use any like cork flats or cork rounds and stuff like that, I will put it in uh, uh, take it out back a little like my patio. And I'll just rake my hand across it a bunch of times to get all the little fuzzies and little crumbs off. Mm -hmm. Because you'll see a ton of crumbs in the cage that are black and they look like yeah. alive. And it's not. It's just it's just you know bark off of yeah. the cork. Yeah. 
I don't know how many times I got like because I have, I have a jeweler's loop that I used for crescents when I was you know used to look for pores and stuff. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'd see a little black speck, I'm getting that jeweler's loop and I'm looking. And I'm like, this better not be a mite. Yeah. It's it was almost always a piece of dirt. Yeah. So. Another thing too is like I, as much as I love to have decorative water bowls and like rock water bowls and like stuff that looks cool, the standard plastic lightly colored whether it be white or like opaque colored dog bowl works so well because you can see stuff floating in the water or sunken in the water so like i always try and keep my bowls super clean because i want to see if there's bugs dead in the water yeah and that's where when it comes down to shopping for things for like a setup like say people are are new and they want, you know, they just got their first cow king or whatever you want to, you know, insert species here kind of thing. Um, people think like people think they have to go to PetSmart and spend twenty dollars on a bowl. Right. It's like go to Dollar Tree. Yeah. Plastic bowls. Yeah. I go there all the time for that kind of stuff, and that's like that doesn't make you like a bad keeper or anything like that because at the end of the day whether it's a rock looking water bowl or a plastic water bowl it's still a water bowl like yeah. that doesn't affect the care of the animal yeah you know like fake plants um same thing like whether they come from walmart whether they come from dollar tree whatever i still recommend with fake plants soaking them in like super hot water because sometimes the dyes and stuff in that will leach out and so you want to leach those out as much as you can especially the stuff that comes from china um but like that kind of stuff you don't have to buy the fanciest thing around like they all do the same thing you know what i mean yeah. like dom says she uses four inch pvc ink caps for water pools. that's i use those for heights those yeah. are super, i take those i cut i take like a just a little little hacksaw uh or a bandsaw, whatever, and just cut a little triangle out. It's super, because it's PVC, it's super soft, and so it cuts really easily. It's like the cheapest hide ever, because those things are like $1.50. Yeah. And they work perfect for small polluters. My favorite is what P and Cody have, where they have a bunch of the really nice ceramic snake bowls, where they spent the money on the ceramic snake bowl, but inside the snake bowl is a uh, microwavable, or not microwavable, excuse me, dishwasher-safe plastic deli cup and they have hundreds they if they have let's say they have 100 ceramic bowls they have 500 or a thousand plastic delis that are not only you know completely dishwasherable and they're not going to melt or whatever but they're also recyclable so if they get funky you just ditch them and recycle them and you're done with it you know what i mean opposed to having to clean out and sanitize every single ceramic dish yeah. and then you drop on the floor and it cracks and breaks and there's five bucks down the drain or whatever however much they cost so. And I mean, for water bowls too. Like Dollar Tree sells these five packs of deli cups. They're, I mean, they're cheap plastic. They're flimsy. They don't yeah. have the same sort of structural integrity that of like the ones you would get for shipping or anything like that. But for five of them, they're awesome. I mean, they're perfect. I just want a water bowl, you know. Yeah. But yeah, when I was when I was dealing with Cresteds and I was feeding and using like those deli little two ounce sample cups for mm-hmm. diet and food and stuff. Yeah, Any food I had left over because it was so dried in there. I just throw it in with the dubias, let them clean it out completely, and then I'd recycle it. Yeah, yeah. 
Perfect. That's another thing. Like re like getting use out of things because instead of just throwing away all that Pangea, which yeah. Pangea is expensive. Think about it. like twenty dollars a pound. Like that's that's expensive stuff. Um, yeah. You know, just let it let the doobie eat it. Gives the doobie a little something extra, which goes to the geckos. Like just nothing's wasted, I guess. And I was kind of like that, and that's why I guess segue again like snakes that died of non-nefarious causes you know you're not you know feeding those to if you have somebody that has prebos and they're looking for snakes yeah yeah exactly why not you know it's just if obviously if it died from like crypto or paramixo or whatever like don't bother but you know it's neither here nor there yeah yeah It was interesting. Uh, Matt and Jamie came down uh, Sunday, which was yesterday. Yesterday. Wow. My days are all mixed up. And uh, they went fishing with my roommate. And then they came and they hung out and they checked out the collection because it had been at least a year or two since they'd been over to see the collection. And uh, it's funny because Matthew says to me, he goes, why do you have all these pygmy rattlesnakes? And I was just like, because they're cool. And you, and you know Matthew, he's just like, okay. <laughs> and I thought about it, and I was like, why do I have all these pygmies? Why do I have an entire CB70 rack filled with the brim of cotton moss? And it's because I really like them. And then, I, like, he's asking me, he's like, he's like, so you, you plan on like breeding them? You have like some line projects? And I was like, well, I would love to do line projects down the line with cottons, but. The pygmies are just there because I like them. The cottons are just, I really, really like cottonmouths, and I do really want to breed them because I've never, like, I've never set it up on purpose. Like, I've never intentionally paired a kistronaut. And he made the joke, he's like, oh, you're going to sell them for a whopping $20 each? And I was like, I don't even know if I'd sell them. I'd probably just give them away to friends that want them. And if I'd ever do produce them, Thomas is getting, like, four right off the gate. Yeah. 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 Oh, Henry, I've wondered that myself. Thanks a lot, Henry. <laughs> Henry's like, yeah, have some stillborns so I can feed them off the snakes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, once again, like, they're not being wasted. Right, exactly. But yeah, I, uh, they didn't die for nothing. They at least don't. You know, I just, I thought it was interesting because Matthew was, he was being a dick because it's Matthew and I love him, but he also was kind of like generally like you have all this other stuff like you've got cobras you've got rattlesnakes you've got tree vipers like why rotten mouse and i was like they're awesome they just they just are i, I don't know they're there. everyone's got their thing everyone's got their thing he's got parrots why does he have parrots exactly he's got freaking birds birds who has birds nerds fucking nerds so but I went out herping last night for the first time in all, all summer, at least since probably the beginning of June, and like legit went out herping. And I drove 225 miles last night, and I didn't find a single reptile. Nothing. I found a handful of leopard frogs, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cane toads, uh, one tricolored heron. That was sitting on a uh, high tension wire, which I thought was interesting because it was super high up. Um, and I counted like seven or eight barn owls. And I've realized now that over the past two or three years that I've seen more barn owls in the cane field than any other bird of prey. 
And I realized that's why I'm not finding any snakes. Probably. Does Florida not want people to like kill cane toads on site? Well, see, here's the thing is it used to be, I would say in the late nineties, early two thousand, it was the mantra of kill every single warty toad that you see. And unfortunately, killing everything. they killed everything. So like there's there's a couple different types of spade foots that uh, a couple phenotypes of spade foots that are in like Palm Beach County, Martin County area. And they're absolutely gorgeous. They're like spade foots are awesome. They're like uh, the, the marbling pattern is white or cream colored. But the darker parts, instead of it being like brown or tan or like opaque uh, uh, khaki color, they're rich, like almost royal blue, like a dark, dark, dark blue. And dude, they're just, they're gorgeous animals. And like, I, I've, I've only seen like maybe five or six of those really pretty ones. The rest of them are pretty normal. But like, for example, we also have a Florida toad. And the Florida toad is, I don't want to say it's extirpated from my area, but I haven't seen one in maybe 10 years, eight years, because all you see is cane toads. And I know like, there's also the thought process of, people know that they're supposed to kill them because they're helping the environment by killing them. But at the same time, it's like, dude, how many animals am I going to mercilessly kill? It's still a life. You know what I mean? It's like so much killing. Oh God. Yeah. And that's always been my thing with like the berms and tegus and stuff is like, they're not supposed to be there. Like I'm not opposed to dispatching them in a humane way. Right. But at the same time, I agree. Like, it is sad because they didn't ask to be there. Right. It's not their fault they're there. Right. Uh, they're just they're collateral for, you know, a larger issue. Um, but what, you know, they have to do what they have to do. And I remember there was a... That's just like the iguanas. I mean, like Love is talking about, you know, the iguanas. You saw the video of the kids beating the shit out of an iguana with a shopping cart. Yes, but at the same time, they're not doing it because they're "quote unquote" helping the environment. They're doing it because they're sick fucks. Oh yeah, no, that was yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, call it what it is. The um, I, when I was in high school, there was a class. Um, it was actually entitled outdoor education, and it basically the concept was teach suburban kids and city kids how to light a campfire. You know what you need Here's to bring on nature. a hike. Yeah, pretty much because like. Where I live, 15 minutes you're at the ocean, 15 minutes you're in the Everglades. And some of these kids, they've never been outside of like a city park. Like that's just, they just don't, you know? And uh, this was cool because it taught kids how to be outdoorsy a little bit, you know? And there was a couple redneck kids and every single time they found a cane toad on school, they would literally pick it up and like, helped it across the concrete or they would pick it and they would punt it in the air with their shoe and it's like why would you do that like what the fuck is wrong with you and it just that never like appealed to me you know what i mean i mean shit we used to we used to go out we catch you know 100 cane toads in a night all different sizes and then we'd sell them to wholesalers for you know two bucks a piece three bucks what do they do with them like that's they're selling them out of state to as pets because Cane toads are actually, they're really cool. They get really good size. They eat damn near anything you give them. And I don't want to say they have like a little personality, but they have as much personality as say like a big giant 
bullfrog or a big pack, not Pac-Man, uh, pixie yeah. frog. So there's a lot of people that had, you know, Buffo Marinus as a pet, you know? I feel like if any state in the U.S. heard that you have cane toads as a pet, like, they'd come busting your door down because they're so mortified of it taking over. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's like Colorado River toads. Like, Colorado River toads, the only animal that's regulated by the DEA. Everyone wants a Colorado River toad because they're the drug frog, you know? Meanwhile, there Joe are... Joe Rogan said they're awesome. Right. There are other frogs that are way more psychedelic than them, but they have the stigma of being a frog that you lick, blah, 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 you know, the cartoons, the TV shows, all that jazz. You know, there's a there's a, um, there's a species of Bilaniatus or a phenotype of Bilaniatus from the Amazon that the local tribesmen refer to it as the master hunter frog. And somebody who's an amphibian guy is gonna correct me or, you know, correct my story it's fine i'm just reciting what i remember um apparently what the local tribesmen do is they catch these these waxy frogs and they i don't know if they kill them or they piss them off but they get the poison and they rub the poison on the inside of a leaf and they smoke it before their hunt and it basically is a hallucinogenic that gives you their third eye it opens their third eye but it's hardcore tunnel vision so, like, not only are they tripping balls, but it's legit tunnel vision in, like, one spot. And they think it's, like, telescopic. You know, like, they, they think it's, like, a, like a spotting scope or a sniper scope. And then when they use their bows and arrows, they use their blowguns, they're fixated on the monkey or they're fixated on the bird. And they have the master huntership. I'm going to have to have a hard pass on that. Yeah. I ain't getting tunnel vision in the freaking Amazon, dude. Yeah, well, these guys live there, you know what I mean? You remember that movie, Apocalypto? Mm-hmm. Remember when that dude got bit on the neck by the freaking bombs? Awesome. I remember awesome. seeing that for the first time going like, no! You see that thing just that shoot out the movie. tree and just stand right the neck. I was like, that sucks. That movie like, is so good. That movie's good. It's and then so the lady good. has, like, the water birth and the whole little baby just... Pops the surface like a little submarine with the umbilical cord still attached. <laughs> yep. Oh god. Oh. Dominique says we need an episode called Toads and Trips, where we both lick toads and then everyone else gets to enjoy the high. I'm not doing that. I'm I've not I've never I've never Nope. Nope, been into drugs. Like, I don't even really drink. Like, I, I, I mean, I drink at Daytona, as we all know. But yeah, we do. I, just, I never I never got into weed or anything. I just never. It's not for me, man. I like to be in control of my life. It's not for me. The, um... <laughs> in the safety of the ocean. Right, right. What's funny is there was a uh, individual who used to work. Oh, Jesus! Right, there was an individual who was a frequent drug user who happened to work at a wholesaler in South Florida, not underground, not underground. And this individual was so high out of their mind that uh, they had the bright idea of what happens if you lick a cane toe. And some other individuals that were not the nicest of people said, well, you don't lick it, you smoke it. And they're like, what? 
He's like, yeah, yeah, you get the poison, you dry it out in the microwave, and then you smoke it. Not realizing that it's like 10 times more potent than arsenic. And this really? individual, oh yeah, like a dried bufomarinus poison is super duper toxic. I mean, it may not be 10 times more potent. I mean, I'm pulling numbers out of my butt, but it is incredibly toxic. It's serious. It's yeah. legit serious, yeah. In its dried, you know, pure form. Well, this. I mean, I guess if you think about it, it makes sense because they they kill pretty much anything that has its mouth around it. Like you see pictures yeah. in Australia of like every snake that has a cane toad in its mouth is dead. Yeah, and the yeah. cane toad dies regardless. It's like, right, right. It's stupid. The um, but this person, uh, she smoked it, and it messed her up real bad she did like one little like you know and she was vomiting and crying and just not high just sick and uh while well, i'm going to the hospital and i'm pretty sure they pumped her stomach but yeah why would you pump your stomach in your lungs in your blood because they thought that she took pills or something uh, and yeah yeah it was bad yikes. i was not part of it at all I wasn't even there. It was just told to me by her after the fact. So. I don't care who it is. If someone says, like, gives me something and says, here, you should totally smoke this, I ain't smoking. Yeah. Unless it's a cigar and it's still sealed, like with the label, like the, the barcode and everything. Yep. Nah. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know how people do it anymore these days, dude. You got like you know the the uh, fentanyl and stuff like that floating around. Like, yeah. I don't know what people do to this stuff. Well, well, my county fixed the flocka problem, and like this is what I understand. If all right, so Broward County, Florida, had the worst flocka problem in the world, and because and it's spice as well. Remember when spice was? A I thing? do. I my my. I was playing music at, at one point when spice was like the thing, and I remember my guitarist at one point smoked some, and he was like sitting on the back porch trying not to vomit for like three hours. He said it was the worst experience. He said it was so bad. He felt so sick, like any loud noise or anything like that. He would have just puked. He said it just he felt nauseous the entire time. Right. Horrible. So my county. The sheriff's office basically did some detective work and figured out what facility in China was producing the flocka. And what is they, flocka? Flocka was I'm not basically. I don't. <clears throat> flocka was basically a synthetic drug um, that got you high as fuck to the point where your mind is just gone. You know, remember bath salts? Mm -hmm. Very similar to that. Um, you know, strip down naked, think you're on fire. Eat people's face. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Bath Falls was all part of this uh, investigation that Broward County Sheriff's Office did. And they went to China and they found a factory that was producing bath salts and spice and flocka. And they found this out and they got with the Chinese government. And they're like, listen, uh, we're going to have major, major problems uh, because you people are making it, but you're not using it. Our people are using it. And they're dying, and it's causing crime, and it's not good. Right, it's Florida. We already have enough problems as is. Right. So China, for, for, and again, someone correct me, fact check me the shit out of me, because I, I, I only hear what I say. The, um, I guess they made it the death penalty to produce it in China. And because of that, it just stopped. 
and like we don't have it. It's gone. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense because I remember like everyone was talking about it at one point and how bad it was. Mm-hmm. So, like, what are they going to do about it? And then it was like you woke up one morning and you never heard the word spice again. Like, unless you're yeah. talking about cooking. Yeah. Well, it's really like so a few years back, you know, my friends and I, we used to go to downtown Fort Lauderdale all, all the time. You know, we were, you know, young and had more income, whatever. I don't know. And uh, we would go downtown four or five nights a week, grab grab dinner, grab some beers, and go home. You know, we carpool because we all live near each other. And you would see, like, a young girl naked, pouring sweat. Her eyes are rolled back into her head, and she's, like, convulsing and twitching, but, like, also, like, breakdancing while standing up in a par- in an empty abandoned parking lot. And you'd walk, you'd drive up to her, roll your window, and I'd be like, miss, are you okay? Are you okay? Like, think, like, she's got attacked or something. The power of Christ compels you. Right, and she literally, she literally speaking tongues. And she would go, and it's like, wow, this bitch is fucked up. Yeah. And you know, like, EMS is probably like, man, I feel like they probably saw that on, like, a daily basis. Like, another one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure Billy has stories. Um, oh, yeah. There, there was also, there was a, there was a short time because, like, you know, Narcan's over the counter now in Florida. So, what you can do is the, the basically the junkies they go and they they get Narcan and then they use it on each other when they OD. So their body is I don't know if it's developing an immunity to it or you know the body can only do it so many times. It I loses its efficiency. Yeah, I'm not a medical guy. I have no idea, but I know that there was a couple sheriff's offices or a couple fire departments locally. That basically wrote a policy where if they've come to your, if they've get, if they have themselves given you Narcan more than three times, they legally don't have to give it to you again. Which I don't think is a problem. Yeah, yeah. There was um. Uh, yeah, Matt. <laughs> Matthew having five Red Bulls on the drive today. Told me it's a four-hour drive. <laughs> but. What I do think is interesting how sometimes I'm sure Billy has stories like this is the EMS firefighter rescue guys, they'll get someone in the back of the ambulance, they'll give them the Narcan, they'll snap out of it, and then they'll get mad. The, 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 the patient will be mad at them that they broke their high. Like, you're, you're, you're dying on the gurney. Right. They snap you back to life. You had no pulse. You have the audacity to get mad at them because they fucked up your high. Oh, Jesus. It's a crazy right. world we're living in now. It's a crazy world we're living in now. I mean, not that it hasn't always been crazy to some degree, but it's pretty crazy right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't have to remind anybody of that. We all know. 2020, baby. So, 2020. on a scale of 1 to 10, how did this year's Daytona compare to previous ones? Um, I would say that if COVID wasn't a factor... It was a shit show. But because of COVID, I think it was actually a really good show. I think that people handled it accordingly in terms of social distancing. I feel like, yes, everyone gets crammed up into a table because they're all fat, infatuated with the animal they're looking at. But then you realize everyone goes, oh, shit, I'm elbow to elbow. I got to back up a little. And then you kind of see them spread out a little bit and social distance themselves. Um, I don't think that – I think there should have been more vendors. 
I think a lot of vendors didn't come because of COVID or they didn't come because they thought it was going to be a bad show or whatever. Um, also, travel. Travel is tough because of COVID and money and everything else. Speaking but, of, you asked me at one point about like COVID checkpoints coming into Florida and leaving Florida. Yeah. Not a, not a one. Really? I think they were optional ones that you could have gone to if you wanted to. Right, right. Wide okay. open from okay. Florida to South Carolina. Okay, not cool. even in Georgia. Interesting, interesting. But, you know, I think, I think it was a good show. I think it was a good show for the vendors. I think it was a good show for the attendees. I feel like it could have been bigger. I feel like it could have had more vendors. I feel like it could have had more attendees. But I don't think it was a waste in any way whatsoever. I think it was a good show. All things considered. Would you consider, Would you concur with me? Compared to last year, I mean, I give it a probably like to decent seven. Yeah, I was going to say, I think last year was way better. I really do. Do you think last year was better? In terms of selection and sort of species diversity, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, we had all our friends there this year. That's why we went, you know. Right. And, I mean, even if Daytona hadn't happened, I still would have been down there. So, right. Exactly. Even if exactly. it's just sitting around every all day, every day, smoking cigars until it's time to go home. Like, yeah. And not engaging to me. $11 margaritas. Right. Fucking fried fish. Alcohol. It was good. It was, uh, it was I don't know, it's, it's like the one thing that I keep thinking about that's interesting to me is just the fact that there was a lot of rough-scale pythons last year compared to what we would normally see on pretty much any show on any right. tables. Right. And then this year, there wasn't a single one. But now, were the people that produced them the year prior, were they still there? Wiser was. Okay. Um... I'm trying to think. And that, there was another that, table that I think was there that had some too. I can't right. remember. For example, Weisler was there, but now did he not have any babies because he took a year off? Possibly. Or, I, don't, you know, I don't know. I didn't ask. I just thought it was interesting that you went from having four tables that have rough scale pythons, which is like unheard of, I think, on the street at Tinley. Um, yeah. To having none at all. I mean, even the subox. Like there was one table with subox, and that's where I got mine from. Yeah. Which I guess is kind of. To be expected, but at the same time, kind of surprising because it's like subbots aren't exactly popular. They're not exactly easy to breed. Like they used to be. They used they to did. be. They did a lot of that Texas stuff, man. Alterna, remember when Alterna were the thing? Yep. Dude, Arizona Mountain Kings, Nablocki, Paroma. Like late nineties, early two thousands. Like those were the friggin' jam. Yep. And the sulfur water monitors. Dude. Therai, like multiple different types Dufins. of yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I think it I think it just went that the people that were producing them just kind of stopped. And now you're seeing a surgeons of people that are like, oh my god, remember when we had Ruth and I? We should get some that Ruth. nostalgia sort yeah. of factor. Yeah. I uh, I have not I haven't seen a Ruth and I for sale, and I don't know how long. Like, yeah, very long time. I did not get a chance to read your NRBE 2020 COVID. I will be reading that this evening. I thought it was kind of... You didn't like it? I don't I never liked any of the stuff I read. It's not for you to like, it's for us to like, bitch. The, uh, by the way, thank you. My pictures in my article look fantastic. Thank you. That came out good. 
Thank you very much. That ended up being like the perfect amount. Like it was, I kept the same page amount from last issue, and on like the last page of your article, it was like the end of your article, Patreon back cover, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" Good, good. I was like, "Man, I'm gonna have to like finagle another page out of this somehow." And yeah, that was uh, 1,939 words, I think. Perfect. So now I know to keep it in that ballpark. <laughs> so. Yeah, it worked out. Good shit. Good shit. So. Yeah, uh, I was going to ask you, that whole swollen mouth thing on my Darwin. You know, oh, yeah. put my mind at ease. He's like, dude, their face swells up sometimes. Don't worry about it. I'm like, all right, phew, thank God. Um, and then Matthew was telling me that He's seen a bunch of his snakes. Uh, they would drink a lot of water, and their face would get bloated. So I wonder if maybe he just guzzled water before I cleaned his cage. I don't no. know. I know, like, chondros especially, they look like they're messed up when they're going into a shed cycle. Like, they get, we call a shed head, and they just, they look like shit, man. Really? And it's like, oh, you know, you think something's wrong at first, especially the yellow ones, because it's kind of hard to see them sort of pale out a little bit like with those it's harder to see them going into a shed cycle the reds it's obvious but the yellows it's a little tougher and uh you'll see them with their head like that and you're like oh god what's happening and then you'll be like oh wait you know you'll take a closer look and they're just they're going into a shed cycle yeah the um when i first opened the bin and i looked at him like i obviously had a food response so like he bum rushed me mouth closed but when he was coming at me i could see that this side of his face was just swollen like almost like uh almost like he had a bum tooth you know and I was like, oh my God, what the hell happened? Like maybe he, maybe his last feed, something went twisted and, you know, swollen or whatever. Dominique says, my green tree python looks like he is smuggling a football in his mouth when he sheds. Okay, well, there you go. That puts my mind. Yeah, they all, they all look like complete ass. Yeah, but see, I, I, never, I never got that before. Like in any of my animals. That's why I freaked out when I saw it. I was like, what the fuck's wrong with his face? And the more I played with him, it almost looked like it like went down a little on one side and like equalized on the other. So I was like, all right, Casey's probably right. I'll just put him back in his bin, leave him alone, and he'll shed in two days and he'll be done with it. So. Casey continually surprises me with his infinite wisdom. Casey is the man. He really is. I wanna make him uh, I wanna make him a new logo because he mentioned that he was like logo shopping or whatever. I wanna do something. I want to make him something. Do a cannon shooting, but it's a brettle's head with its mouth open. <laughs> I've, I've thought of something along those lines, but not so. Or it's that picture of him that I keep posting as an emoji. That picture? Yeah. That boy can stack some cans. I love that guy, man. Yeah. He's fucking great people, man. Great people. I talked to him this morning, we were bullshitting. So. <clears throat> Mango's looking good, though, Henry. Oh, you got to see, uh, Hendog sent me a mango chest shot today. And I'm going to share it because it's a damn good looking critter. I'm still waiting for my King article. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a while, Justin. It's going to be a while. 
All right, screen share, application window. There's Mango. There he is. Look at that majestic fuck. How great is he looking? So Hendog tells me that the creamsickly orange on the outer sides of the hood, that is a true color. However, that light peachy creamy center is actually bright pink. And that the flash from the camera or the, the light from the room. Yeah. yeah. And I, I especially love how his face is still um uh his face still here is still light and pale. And then it kind of comes up into like that pseudo smile up in there. Yeah. I love that. It's, it's crazy how clean that orange goes into that black. Right? Like it's how so sharp, sharp that edge is. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's nuts. And like this dotted line da -da 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 right there looks great. Can't wait for him to get bigger. It's going to be so good looking. Henry, what does this mean? Don't tease me like that. Message me on Facebook or something. <laughs> can't do that to me. That's what keeps me up at night. Every well, night I go to bed and I stare at the ceiling and I say, man, when's Henry going to send me that King Cobra article? And at 11.11 every night, I make a wish that Henry will send me something saying, I'm working on this King Cobra article, man, and it's going to be awesome. And it's going to be like 10 pages long, and it'll be perfect. <laughs> Uh, well, let's put it this way. I know for a fact, I don't want to speak for the hen dog, but there is a lot of taxonomic stuff due to come out in the near future revolving around the Ophiophagus genus. And I think hen dog kind of wants to wait and see how that kind of plays out before we legit do some writing. Are they pulling a forest cobra scenario? Yes, but in my opinion, worse. So we'll see what happens. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if there was enough genetic diversity between like the Chinese and the Thai and the other stuff to be able to be like, yeah, these are these have been separated long enough to be the you know a separate thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I uh, wanted to share this. I'm super proud of this snake, and this snake's in shed, like it's about to shed. And he looks like a bag of, as Carly would say, a bag of hammered assholes. But he's so dark, and I am just loving how dark he's coming. Um, total Jake bait. That's a farmed IJ. And that thing is just looking good. I mean, it's kind of a bad picture because my arm takes up most of the camera, but... Why is it hanging out in that bush? What's that? Ah, I get it. <laughs> But like, if we just look here, it like, looks almost freaking exanthic. Look at this, like, just a little bit of tan up in here, you know. And then like this gray here, obviously, is not normally there. He's gonna shed pretty hardcore. But like, even some of the little brown blushing in here, and like how the lines are just broken, it just this animal just looks good. Some straight up Jake Bait. He'll, you, you've summoned him. He'll probably show up now. He posted, posted the picture up. Good, good. Say, Jacob Rats, look at the snake. Do you think people were jacking the prices up at Daytona because of the whole COVID thing? No, I think people were jacking the price up because 
they know that they've produced a quality specimen and they feel it's deserving of it. You know, you have a guy that, you know, the guy who had uh, hatchling uh, Mullendorfi, they were 350 bucks a piece. I think that that is a fair price for a four or five month animal. I don't know if that's a fair price for something that's only like two weeks old or a week old. Because like, dude, as small as those babies were, or excuse me, as big as those babies were, they had not eaten yet. No way in hell they ate. But if they were maybe four or five inches longer, I would have totally paid for fifty, four dollars for that baby. I don't know. I wonder just because, like, maybe some prices have been higher because people weren't sure what the turnout would be, and so to make up for the lack of traffic, they're trying to squeeze a little more, um, get a little more juice out of the orange. I don't know. See, the other problem, too, is that because I am really only looking for specific stuff, I neglect to look at I neglect to look at other animals and prices. Like, for example, I saw there were some locality-specific uh, inland California king snakes that were just champion-looking. Like, I'm not a cow king guy at all, but they just look really, really, like, bandy-bandy good-looking, right? And they were 125 each, and I felt that that was more than fair for that. I mean, yeah, cow kings are a $4 snake in my opinion, but the locality-specific, the cleanness of the animal, the healthiness of the animal, I felt like that was okay. Um, I, I don't. I didn't really look at. Uh, and yes, Dominique says Jake's like Beetlejuice. Say I J three times, and he magically appears. Hey man, what's up, bro? <laughs> uh, he's not even here to defend himself. Poor so, Hen Dog said, as far as the taxonomic thing with kings, he gave me an example. He said Northern Thailand, Western Thai. Western Thai and Eastern Myanmar, going all the way up to Yunnan and Northeastern Thailand. Are all the same population of animal genetically. Southern Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, possibly Borneo, or another genetic clave, and there's more. So, I guess it's a little more broad than I had thought. But... Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty diverse. And and Hendog, God bless him, he is learning the phenotypes and is basically at the point now where Henry can look at an animal and honestly guess the locality, which I think is fucking amazing. Like, I know very few people who can do that. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. I'm gonna get some water real quick. Do what you gotta do. Entertain. Uh, yes, sir, with pleasure. So how else was everyone else's week? Um, we took a couple weeks off because of uh, podcast stuff and Daytona and yeah. But how's everyone else doing? I think it's awesome that we're on Facebook and YouTube right now. I think that's fantastic. Anybody who's on Facebook, you can comment in our live comment thing. Um, yeah, awesome. IJ, IJ, IJ. Damn it. Fucking Jake. I do realize that it is kind of poopy 
because Justin uh, Justin starts this feed and I join into the feed, so therefore I cannot comment on here, nor can I throw up people's comments on the screen. Um, Got to find a way to do that. Got to find a way to share that ability. Thirsty. Well, I said IJ three times and Jake did not fucking appear. So clearly, it does not work. Dominique says, tell us about your Daytona pickups. Well, I found this lovely young lady from Cincinnati, Ohio. Her name is Dominique DeFalco. And I did not influence. What's that? Said she's a horrible influence. She's a horrible influence. I did not pick her up, but it was lovely to actually meet her in person. That was fantastic because Dominique and I talk several times a week. Usually, it's me FaceTiming her to annoy her. Um, but it was awesome, like seeing her in person for once and realizing that she's not overly <laughs> poor than me. <laughs> But yeah, I only got one animal in Daytona. I got that water pipe on. Justin made out like a bandit. Billy made out like a bandit. Did, did Casey take anything home? Uh, I have no idea. I know Casey sold a few animals, but I didn't know if... Uh... Oof, look at that. Dude, so I'm like obsessing over this animal. That's a freaking Baird's, man. Yeah. And of course, location private. Yep. I have no idea where that animal is. I wonder, you can't message the person? I mean, I probably could, but then they'd probably be like, why do you want to know? I mean, that's just... <clears throat> like, that's awesome. I don't know. They just, it looked, it's like the, the if, if, an, if a rat snake was Apodora. Yeah, legit. It almost looks like, like the one or two red scales, like. And that's what I was gonna say is if it didn't have those flecking in there, you would almost think that it's exanthic. Or that it was fake and made it look like. Yeah. Or photoshopped to say the least. And here's the thing too: is the more you move that photo around, like zoom back in on that real quick. The more you move that photo around, you can see where the pinkish blotches would be, and it makes you wonder yeah. if it is an altered photo. But then you see green leaves and green vegetation in the rocks, and you know that it's not. But if that is a if that is an animal in situ, that is the ultimate camouflage. Look at it. Yeah, it matches perfectly. I mean, I think I have some ideas of where it might be, but I'm definitely not. No, I will not be. I will not be attending the fire expo. I work Saturdays, so it's very difficult for me to get time off to go to a weekend show. Um, no, I think that you should, just I think you should message that person and say, "Hey, you know, I'm a, <clears throat> I'm a, a, a research enthusiast on Baird's rats, and if you would be so kind as to tell me the locality of that animal." You know, they don't have to tell you exactly which street they found it on, but if they told you, oh, yeah, it's from, you know, Bob's County, Texas, then you have an idea of where, what animals you may want to focus on. So here's a good example of the Mexican. 
Nice. And the way you can tell Mexicans is because of this, that clear cutoff of the gray into the, the regular coloration. Like, that is, that is a, like, you do not see Texas bears that have that going on. So, for anyone that's curious, and this one is Tamalipas. Where's that? Specifically Victoria, and it's... Fagesias del Noreste de Mexico. So, Tamaulipas is right here. And so you can see the pockets of beards too. Like this is what I like about iNaturalist is you can kind of like look at it and see. I'm curious as to what this is all about because who is that? Saying there's a Bears in San Diego, which should not be the case. If it is, it's got to be like a released. Man, I mean, sure, shit, that's a Bears. Huh. And that's San Diego, San Diego, like California? Yeah. That's crazy. Wait, zoom in on that head. Oh, is that? Yeah. Dude, that's not a Baird's right head. That's, that's a Baird's, man. They. That look how tight the nostril is. Together. I know. Well, that's that's the thing is, I have a few that have that going on, and from what I understand, talking to some people, that's also a Mexican Baird's. I mean, look at that head. Like, um, yeah. Un ones that are underfed at a younger age get this like. Uh, like stunted snout sort of thing going on. But, I mean, you look at how far away that is from everything else. Like, yeah. I have a hard time believing that that's... That had to be someone, something that got out. I would think. Maybe. I mean, this is where they're... I mean, we know that they're in, like, the Nuevo Leon. We know that they're in, like, the Tamaulipas area. Like, we know the pockets in Mexico that they're found, but I mean, you look at how far away that is. That don't make any damn sense, man. Right. That's yeah, crazy. Presumably, this is an escaped or released former pet. They track Troy Hibbets, which Troy Hibbets to me is like the guy for Bairds. Um, but, yeah, man. That's wild. Nice. But I'll show my level of nerd here. So I've got a folder. Of nothing but Baird's locales. I got it broken down into Mexico and Texas. And <laughs> unknowns. And basically, I'm going through iNaturalist, saving all those pictures, and then putting it in its own folder um, with the county that it's found in so I can kind of compare and look around when this thing decides to cooperate. But there's like 20-something folders in that folder of just different localities and ranges and stuff like that. I was going to ask, uh, I forgot when we were talking about... Um, uh, Colubrids and just people getting back into it. I was going to ask, uh, 
Victor, uh, how's them tangerine Hondurans, man? Because, like, I had them back in the day. What's that? I just saw a picture earlier of them hatching some. Yeah, and, like, dude, your tangerines look tip-top, bro. Tip-top. I like where it's you can still make out that it's a tricolor. It's not just red and black. I really, really like that. I also feel like the ghost just, like, no pun intended, disappeared. I, I like the uh, I like Hondurans a lot. <clears throat> Smoke too much. Mm. Uh. But yeah, I think uh, I think I'm gonna dive into talking to you guys. Uh, what was the last time we were on the show? When we were talking about rat snakes. I really think I want to try and do Everglades. I think I want to catch some more, and I think I might pick up that one funky one at underground if it's still there. Because even though it didn't have the right colored tongue, um, that thing is neon. And I, Dude, that I, thing's awesome. I like, think I like Forget the tongue thing. It's a good looking snake. It's a good looking snake. You're right. You're right. Yep. I think I might do that. The Everglades. So, Dude, let's get some marmosets. Like, like the monkey? Yeah. Uh, you may have just lost your co-host. Why? Fuck. There's someone on it right now, man. They're cool. Look at the they're, little guy. They're adorable. They're super cute. I love all the little sounds they make. They're stupid cute. But no, I don't trust any animal shy of a dog that can open a doorknob. Don't like it. Not for me. That's why you have locks, man. Okay. Sure. You ever, would, you, would you ever own a capybara? I would, in a New York minute, own a capybara. Well, there's someone fauna right now. There's 600 each, 1500 for a trio. Shipping wow. available. I don't know how you ship a capybara. But. Well, they're babies. You just put them in a little dog carrier. Yeah, I would totally have a capybara. Like, if I had, like, room, I would totally do that. The hell's a bushy tailed jerd? I don't know. Sounds like something Jake yacked up at a. I don't know. Me and me and Pia were talking about this when we ran to one of the supply stores. She's like, "Yeah, you can buy like anything on Fauna, like elephants and shit." And so I'm curious. I'm looking on here now. Kawatamundis, those are cool. Nope, not for me. Why? Uh, Jay used to have Kawatamundis, and he hand raised them, and they were super cool. And they only really liked like me, his daughter, him, and maybe like one other guy that came around the shop. Anyone else that would literally try and rip your face off. I'm like, I'm not about that. I don't want that. Plus, I can't leave it in a in a vision cage for a week with no food water. <laughs> hmm. What a bizarre oh, world. So Victor said thanks. They were 74 days. That's awesome. So how many different how many different types of tricolors do you have? Because they're cool. Speaking of eggs, my cyan eggs are still looking really solid. I saw the picture you posted earlier. They're looking real good. So um looking at mid-November, I think, on those. Mid-November? And are you continuously hydrating that sphagnum moss that's in there? No, I mean that that container is completely sealed. Like, there's no air holes in it or anything like that. Every oh. other day, I go and just I I burp it. 
and then closed it back up. I added springtails. I added more springtails to it. So I added some originally before the eggs went in there. And then I just went and added a bunch the other night. So Would, Will springtails eat mold? Yeah. Perfect. Beautiful. I think those do because I remember when I had the Baird's eggs in there, and maybe this is you know they didn't make it, so maybe this is why I saw so many springtails on the eggs. But I remember seeing springtails crawling all over those eggs, and I mean maybe it was because they had died and they were just whatever. But um, I don't know. I think I mean even if it's minimal, I think there is some sort of benefit. Uh, sure. You know sure. they're helping keep things fuzz free and yeah doing their thing so oh victor man that sucks sorry to hear that he says uh one of his males had a kink tail and bred two of his females one laid seven slugs and the other didn't even go that sucks yeah that blows um, i need to put my bears back together did you do the hydrogen peroxide for that or no 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 do you just use uh, tap water or? no i use my filtered water okay. I don't use my tap water for anything. Like everything, if it if it's going in a cage or it's going in eggs, like it goes through that pure filter before I do anything. You know. Nice triple heads are cool. That'll work. Do you have any of those ghosts or no, Victor? Ooh, that is a good-looking super caramel. Holy smokes. Throw it up. I'm going to get some more pink lemonade. Ooh. Ooh. That's how I am. Ooh. Look at that. Mike Cross. 295 plus shipping is not bad. Look at that thing. My God. Let's see what else we got. I check fauna regularly every day. I got to just to see what kind of stuff's on there. Check the hot sheets. Abbott line Ocatees. Pretty standard looking bears. Shopping for more capybaras, are we? No. Is this the guy that was selling? Oh, yeah. 1900 for 2.2 bears. $1,900. Yep. For 2.2 
Baird's Rats. Not, not Baird's, uh, Dance and I. Oh, okay, okay. I love when people post their shed pictures. Like That matters, dude, right? It, it's stretched out. Like, it's got to be at least two to three feet longer than it's supposed to be. Like, it's stretched. Like, it's not a good sales pitch, you suck. I just asked my roommate if he was double head, anery, exanthic, leucistic head. For herpes, and he said, "Probably." Nice. <clears throat> Look at this beast. That is a pretty diesel animal. That's also a very good. Looks like it's, it's. I mean, it's in really good shape. Look at that. That's a gripping grin picture, though. Huh? That's a gripping grin. Oh yeah. Yeah, hands down. I feel like at some point I'm going to end up with some oxys too. Like, yeah, I can see you doing that. 150 for that ain't bad. Fully established and dewormed. Yeah. Pretty good. How old is that? Young adult, which could mean two years. Could mean, I mean, that ain't a two year old snake, but. No. Could be five. It could be 10. Like, Are we timing it before? How long before Hen Dog says something like Cobra food or something? We should make it a drinking game. Let me show you that 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 caramel. Caramel. The caramel colubrid. Wow. Boom. That looks like a Werther's original if I've ever seen one. Good shit. I'm at, dude, I've got to be honest. I'm actually really stoked about Billy getting the Carnata because I know he's going to produce some bomb-ass offspring. And that might be something I get behind in the future. Dominique says that this is turning into the QVC channel just watching Justin's shop on farm. Sorry that we don't have a better show for you this evening. Feel free to tune in next week. <clears throat> so, yeah. And they look <laughs> Henry says, they look super tasty. Now drink. <laughs> Don't mind if I do, Hen Dog. Don't mind if I do. There's more to life than just King Cobras, Henry. What's funny is I bought Henry a gift like... Two months ago, how or how a month and a half ago, and because of uh, scheduling and COVID and just us being wrapped up in our lives, I haven't seen him in like at least a month. It's crazy, and I still haven't given him his gift. But I get to see Henry on Wednesday, and that makes me happy. Old hen dog. Old hen dog. Never joins us. He just lurks in the shadows. I know, right? You know, if Henry had like a real computer, maybe he could join in and not, you know. I mean, wait, the last time or the only time. He spent all his money on kings. On his what? He spent all his money on kings. On he's busy. He's busy. Uh, yeah, now, because of Matt Somerville, Henry has a hard on for Pseudonagia Ingramai. Oh, right. Like, what is that? That's the Western Bard Dugite. 
throw up a picture, Justin. We'll keep Dominique enthused. Yeah, any of the Western pseudonagia I think are absolutely oh, beautiful. Man. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for khaki snakes. So, you, you know, if it's khaki, I'm on it. Khaki and tacky, boy. Khaki. What are you wearing? Khakis. Boom. There it is. Looks like an Aurora house snake. What's that? So it looks like an Aurora house snake. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Little wannabe cobras. See, Henry and his lapids, man. Dude, they're awesome. They're awesome. I'm just, I just can't do anymore, man. I just can't do the poo and like. I know I have drum mark on, but like, just the lapids have so much poo, so much. I've always had an obsession with, with capes, man. Yeah. Oh, I need to show you the cape that uh, Henry gave me earlier. Yeah, that's the cape of all capes. What the hell? See, I always thought these were the most toxic of the cobras, but apparently it's Sumerensis. Samarensis, really? Yeah, according to Cody, he said that's like the one, like the most toxic of all the cobras. I mean, Henry could probably chime in, but I always thought it was capes. I See, think the, capes are the most toxic of all the Africans. Hmm. I was going to say, I thought the most toxic cobra, like drop for drop toxicity, was Oxiana. That was to my knowledge. And the fact that there's no specific antivenom for Oxiana makes it all the worst. Um, Henry, can I show the picture of the Cape Cobra you sent me earlier, or was that for our eyes only? And yes, Henry has a huge infatuation with blue coral snakes. So, Henry says Philippinensis is the most toxic. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Maybe. Is it the most toxic in Asia, or just the most toxic in general? That boring looking snake. Yep, that boring looking snake. No, I think Philippinensis are actually really pretty. Like uh, Cody's got one, and it's super duper yeah, pretty. Yeah. I don't think it's as pretty as the uh, Sam are, but they're still very pretty. Oh, so here is uh, Henry yeah. sent me earlier. I do not know the backstory to it, but this is a black Cape Cobra. Wow. Yeah. Very impressive. There's actually another picture. Let me see if I can get that one up. That's a better picture. How's that? Can you see that? Yeah. Nice. It's a handsome animal, man. If you were on the opposite end of the continent, you'd swear it's a Legionis. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's awesome. But you know, nothing beats that. Water cobra. cobras don't count. Yeah, water cobras do not count at True all. True cobras, Henry. Yeah. Christii, I mean, excuse me, Naja Nana, pardon me. 
Um, nothing beats the Reptiles Magazine centerfold of the Cape Cobra in the Namib Desert draped, excuse me, festooned across a dead bush in the desert. That centerfold picture. That reptile centerfold. That picture. I don't want to say that's what got me really into Venomous, but that picture did so much for me interest-wise as a child that uh, awesome. I'll tell you what. What? So Gio was working the mamas and stuff, right? Well, he also cleaned the uh, the Haji cages. Right. And he had, like, Cody has one male that's real pissy. What, normal Haji? I don't think so. It's the darker ones, like chocolate, like dark, like dried, red. Like dried blood red. Yeah, yeah it's Ethiopian. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's what I have. Yeah. <clears throat> and, uh, like, watching Geo, because as soon as you open that tub, he's, like, up, and he's, like, gaping, and he's, like, putting on a real show. Yeah. And I feel like it's, he ain't, he, he, he ain't, he ain't as hard as he thinks he is. The Cobra or Geo? <laughs> the Cobra. Yeah. Well, dude, I'm sorry, but there's there's a famous joking rule. It's you don't freehandle African shit, and that's a that's a fact. Like you just you just don't like you don't you don't fuck with African shit. And like I've seen so many guys that you know, oh, it's an Egyptian cobra, oh, it's not a cobra, it's juvenile, whatever. No, that thing will literally springboard backwards and bite you upside down. Like, oh, cobras only strike downwards. Yeah, okay, sure. I actually used to have a video of. Uh, somebody had a botched garage job venomoid Egyptian cobra that was stunted of its growth. It had a weird dimpled head from the poor, you know, uh, garage surgery. It was, it was bad. It was definitively a rehab snake, uh, a rescue snake. And one of my apprentices, who honestly knew what he was doing, uh, he was treating it not like an Egyptian cobra. And it came, it stood up and looked away from him because it was watching his shadow in a vision cage, a three-foot vision. And the minute he looped the tail with the hook, it went like this and went backwards and open mouth struck backwards and like did almost like a cartwheel on itself out of the cage, almost bit him in the head. And he went like this and it, righted itself to look at him. I'd never seen anything like it. We had it on we had it on video. I think it's on my old cell phone. I gotta find that. So if it's I don't know. I mean we you know how we were talking about that, that nerd video yesterday with the big right, I, didn't get a to see it. I mean he was holding that mangrove and that mangrove was showing no signs of like at the at that within like a five second window or so it was completely it looked like it was fine mm -hmm. and then it like he's holding it the head comes around and it just grabs the back of his his arm right here tricep yeah Oof. and i mean that was a snake like that could have been any of mine that could yeah. be any of these ones that people are putting all over their face on instagram and stuff like that that snake was not showing any signs that it was going to do any of that it just did it yeah and I think it also comes down to 
both the animal and the handler, when you're in the room either by yourself or with a, a co-handler, and you remove something like a boiga, and you're holding it, and everything is chill and calm, and the animal's relaxed, and it's always going to be on high alert because that's its nature. Its nature is to be aware of its surroundings for predation. And it's not a small boiga either. Yeah, right. yeah. It's not exactly. a small melanota. Right, right. So you're you're you've taken the animal out and everything is cool and chill. But now you've added the camera guy and the sound guy and three or the four other spectators. And now the animal is not focused on one person or two people, it's focused on six people or five people, and it's just going to be more defensive than it rightfully should. And then you're just asking for trouble, man. Dude, the Cynodon freaked out on me yesterday. I wanted to give him a little, little spritz for uh, preventative mite stuff. And I took him out, and he I single-hooked him. He was all balled up in a, in a wad, and I just single-hooked the, the, the ball of snake. And I, as I started to carry him over, I placed him into the retaining garbage can, and he sprawled out. He started flip-flopping his tail, opened his mouth, and gaped at me. And I was like, what the hell's wrong with you? I didn't even, t- I didn't even touch the animal. And the minute I sprayed him, Oh man, it was on like Donkey Kong. I have never seen, I've never seen a Cynodon flip out like that. Like more than Dendrophila, Dendrophila, like just went nuts. And I just sat back and I was like, all right, I'm not touching you. And I put the lid in the trash can, gave him 20 minutes to just chill. And have then your tantrum. And have your tantrum, right. And then when I was ready to take him out, he just, I, I tailed him out. He wrote a hook beautifully and everything was fine. So. Yeah, I find that with some of my cyanide, like that initial like interaction, to, yeah. like until they kind of figure out that it's like, there's there's really nothing that threatening going on. Yeah, it's the routine. They're like, all bets are off. It moves. I'm trying to kill it. Right, right. I got to be careful with my female man. She's like, she's a beast when it comes to food. Oh yeah. I open those doors and I got mice in the room, like. She's greeting me. Oh, I can imagine. <clears throat> Excuse me. The um, there's a picture I was looking for earlier, and I saved it. I really hope he likes Hatch Man. I'm so pumped about that, dude. It's gonna be so cool. It's gonna be so. I can't wait cool. to see little green heads poking out. Oh yeah, With the brown bodies—they're gonna be adorable. Super duper adorable. Um, where the hell is this photo? I thought that I made it a favorite so that I wouldn't have to look for it on the show. I could just show it. Um, and now I can't find it. Damn it. Maybe I can find some way to trade some of those for some other boy group. That would be nifty. That would be very nifty. I need to figure out shipping so I can get some from Nipper, damn it. Right. He teased me all day. He's like, dude, I'd send you whatever you wanted. He's like, I just, I don't, I can't. He's like, you can. Well, that's like, dude, he's been looking at geckos lately because he's on a gecko kick. And he's sending me all these non-tail pictures. And I'm like, dude, this is, um, those are amazing specimens. How much is it? And he's like, oh, it's 250 pounds. And I'm like, 250 pounds? Like, that's 3K in the U.S.? What the fuck? Like, I can't import them, though, because they're Australian. Me, 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 man. Like, it's fucking stupid, man. Oh. 
I would totally, I would totally go halvesies on you with a nipper shipment if I could import the species that I want. Sucks. Maybe just keep cooler stuff. What's that? So maybe just keep cooler stuff. <laughs> Don't worry about import permits when it's coming from Texas. Yeah, right. I don't know, man. I, I think about what Chris said about us doing the, the RV trip, and I think that that would be a monumental friggin' trip. Rob Stone and them are going. <clears throat> they're they going go? to Australia. I don't know. It's soon. And Wait, I, Where I, are they going, then? They're going to Texas. Yeah, who, who's all going? I think it's the NPR guys. Oh, Wait, is Nipper's not going with them, is he? Because they mentioned about Nipper going to PA and then from PA going to Arizona. I don't think so. Okay. So I'd go, dude, I'd go to the freaking landfill up the street from my house with Rob Stone. True. Because I bet you you'd find something. Like, that dude, True. legit, personal hero. Rob Stone's at the top of that list, man. He's such a cool guy. Like, So, I liked what you said earlier today i don't know was it in our group chat or was it on public instagram where it was a group chat it was a group chat basically tim justin, morris thing what's that the tim morris thing yeah. yeah justin had basically said that he one of the things he loves most about our hobby and like our world is that our heroes are one of us and it's such a tight-knit community that we can interact with our heroes and because they, they share the same passions that we do. And forgive me if I'm butchering your, your statement. That's accurate. I mean, what brought it on is like Tim Morris is a very big fan of the magazine. And if you don't know who Tim Morris is, Tim Morris is the guy that started the blue Congo thing with yeah. Walsh back in the day. And I've hung out with him a few times at Daytona Cargo Fest and stuff. And he's like the coolest, most laid back guy ever. Super down to earth. He said he, has, he hasn't produced condos in like 10 years, right? Right. Yeah. But he loves the magazine. Like, he's a huge fan of it. He sent me this whole article that I'm going to use in the next issue on just, like, the history of Mr. Blue. Like, the, the blue condo that started it all. Right. And, uh, like, he always, like, every post, he likes it. Like, he'll usually message me with each issue and tell me how much he enjoyed it. Like, it's just awesome because it's, like, it's Tim Morris, man. Like, if you're in condos, yeah. like, Tim Morris is, is a... Is a big part of that whole puzzle of what we have now. Yeah. And so it's like so cool to me because like cigars, yeah, there's some companies, you know, like Romacraft where, hey, you want to talk to Skip or Mike who own it? Right. You can do that. But you have companies like Fuente or like, you want to you want to talk to, you know, Fuente Senior, good luck. You know, like music, you know, you can never get to talk to these people. Like they're not they're, they're so far out of arm's reach, like they're in that higher sort of echelon where you'll never be able to get a hold of them. But like with our stuff, like they're right there. Like I can message Trooper Walsh if I want to. Yeah. I can message uh, Mark O'Shea if I want to. Like everyone's just right there. And it just blows my mind because like we're doing the stuff we do and Rob Stone is like, yeah, man, I listen to the show all the time. Like he messaged me sometimes and we'll just bullshit. And it's like, fuck, man, it's like, Bobby's awesome. Yeah. Is everyone's just right there? Yeah. Legit. Dude, I, I, I remember being a kid and watching some show in National Geographic. I don't know, it was Snake Wranglers or something. 
and I saw this chubby bearded guy in Papua New Guinea named Dr. David Williams. And this guy was the Taipan guy. And Taipan's probably my favorite snake. And I just remember watching him and then I see like his um his uh partner, uh Owen Pavia, who's a local PNG guy, and they're doing all this, you know, pop on Taipan research. And like I was just infatuated. I was like, this is so cool. And I remember being on Facebook, and at the time I Facebook it was just taking off and it had maybe been out for like four or five years. And I remember you couldn't be on Facebook unless you were in a, an actual university or some kind of college. And at right. the time I was at community college and I couldn't get a, I couldn't, it couldn't make an account. And they just opened it up and they're like, okay, Facebook's for everyone. Fuck it. And I got on there and it was like, people you may know. And it said, Dr. Dave Williams. And I was like, oh my God. Oh. And like, I friended him. And he accepted, and I was like, this is so cool. And we chatted about Taipans for a little bit. And a couple days later, his man Owen was on there, and I hit up Owen, and we started talking about Taipan and stuff. Now, granted, I haven't talked to them in years. They have no idea who the fuck I am. But that's the same thing, man. Like, I digitally bullshitted with one of my snake idols about one of my favorite snakes. It was, it was super cool, you know? Well, it's, it's funny, too, because, you know, you talk to guys like Tim Morris and James O'Dell, and, like, because they are so hyped and you hear their names so much in the corner of, you know, that corner of the hobby and stuff like that. You're like, man, these guys, like, they clearly must not have anything else, like any time to talk to you know someone they don't even know like me. And then you go and talk to him. And James is like one of the funniest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Like hanging out with James O'Dell. Oh my God, dude, that guy's hilarious. Especially when he's around Cody. Oh, it's great. And then Tim Morris, like I said, he's like the most down to earth. He's, I mean, he's fairly quiet and just kind of, like, he talks, but, you know, he's not, he's just, it's just like, I love it. And that's the kind of stuff that, like, if or when I ever get to that sort of level, like, that's how I want to be. Yeah. You know, I hope I'm, I hope I'm like that now. I don't ever, like, I don't have time yeah. for people, like, you know, you send me a message, it's like, whatever. Um, like, I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Like, I just I love the like humility and being humble are like very big things to me. Well, I I will say that having our so like all right the same way that you fanboy over Tim Morris and I fanboy over Dr. David Williams, like us fanboying. I don't want to say like yeah they're yeah we 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 looked up to them they're 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 impersonal mentors to us uh inspirational to us but like the old joke is never meet your heroes and like i remember being a kid and growing up and watching action movies and like dude steven seagal was awesome and then i met steven seagal in my line of work and he sucks and i was like Somehow really? I don't this, doubt is, that. this is this is it and 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 i i Again, maybe it was just be, maybe it was just that one time. Maybe it was because of the setting we were in or what we were doing. But it was he was polite, he was nice, but it wasn't the dude I grew up watching in action movies. You know what I mean? So it was the cook from Under Siege. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was him getting uh, uh, killed in the first five seconds of executive decisions. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that's like I'm, I'm lucky that I consider Tim a friend. Um, I consider Rob a friend. And that's the thing about Rob Stone that blows my mind, man, is he's like not that much older than you and I. I mean, he's closer, he's like mid 30s. Yeah. And the amount of information that guy knows, and the, just, I mean, considering how young he is, yeah. the amount of stuff he's done and stuff he's kept, it's like, Oh my God! Like when we had him on the podcast, man. I know we talked about this before, but and he's like, "Oh, I'll send you a few pictures of stuff I kept." And so we're thinking it's like 10, 20 pictures of stuff, whatever, dude. It kept going and going and going. I mean, he must have sent us probably one hundred fifty pictures, and every time it was like, "You've kept that too." But now let me ask you this. Obviously, I'm not trying to take away from any of his accolades in the least capacity because the guy's a fucking master level. But how many of those animals did he keep for a short time and then sold or traded? No. Or he actually worked with the produce Stuff everything? he was, like, dedicated to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, dude, I told you when he hit me up on Facebook, and he's he messaged me on Facebook, and he's like, I just sent you a friend request. How come we're not friends already? <laughs> I thought we were, to be honest. I thought it was like, oh, we're Facebook friends and like never talk, but apparently we we, we weren't. No, we were Rob's, man, he's like I said, that guy just you want to know anything about anything, and I guarantee you he at least knows a tidbit about it. Yeah. Or most likely knows more than you than you would think. Like And dude, I, I'll be honest, I had a surreal moment last month when I was at my, my cousin just moved into a new apartment and, and I helped him move and we were just hanging out in the, he finished putting everything where it goes and he cooked me dinner and we were just hanging out on the couch watching something stupid and Scott from Australia calls me on Facebook and I was like, oh my God, like, first of all, this individual knows who I am. That's fucking awesome. Second of all, how do I tell him that I fucked up and twice I missed out on buying his book? <laughs> but dude, he called me and he just wanted to bullshit about venomous nonsense and it's just amazing that we get to interact with our our inspirational people and i'm talking how about just the mere fact that someone from australia just called you on a whim yes on a whim and that's what i'm gonna add not only was it someone an influential herper from australia on a whim literally in the future and the phone call was free <laughs> It was a free long distance phone call. So we talked for maybe like 30, 40 minutes. And like my cousin was like, Are you done yet? Are you done yet? I was like, I can't. I have to talk to him. Like, like this is crazy. I have to talk to him. He's like, he's the, my cousin's like, who's talking to you? I was like, awesome guy in Australia. He goes, In Australia? And I was like, shh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll explain later. I'll explain later. Just let me talk. And uh it may have been about 40 minutes, it may be 20 or 30 minutes, but still, like. The fact that A, we have the technology to physically do that, and B, it's someone as cool as him, as awesome as him, calling me from the future. Crazy. <laughs> we live in an interesting time, man. Right? Look, we do. It's more, I think it's one of the best and worst times to be in the hobby. Yeah. I That's because you are you have like unlimited amounts of information and people at your fingertips that you can talk to and pick their brain at the same time you have unlimited information and people to pick and talk to and yeah so. i i've been thinking a lot about that it was like man if we had the 
if we had the physical resources of 20 years ago with the technology and the thought process of today, we would be phenomenal. I'm not saying that we're not, but we would we would be 10 times better than we are. Do you think the hobby would be better, though, if we had had this stuff earlier, like all the technology earlier? Or no, you, I think it would be better if we had the mindset. Because the mindset of the past was, oh, I'll just, I'll, I'll buy one next time. Or, oh, those don't do well, don't buy them. And now it's, what are we doing wrong? Why isn't this animal doing well? And damn, I'd love to have that, but I'll never have that because it's, you know, highly protected because we fucked it up. You know what I mean? Or whatever. You know, that was that was the whole thing is, oh, I'll just get another one next shipment. And then it stopped because some asshole accidentally let, you know, uh, 20,000 endangered chameleons fly when they weren't supposed to even ship one. And now the, the animal is basically fucked. And now it's ruined. You know? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I think that I think that we're I think we're on the right track, man. I really do. I think we're doing great things. I think the internet is amazing and it also sucks. But we're we're beating a dead horse with that topic. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes I think that it's it's done us more bad than good, and then sometimes I think it's done more good than bad. But I feel like they're it's fairly fairly equal. Yeah. On a lighter note, uh, what's that? So the spread's pretty even. Yeah. I was going to say, on a lighter note, uh, Thomas says that he's always been into a spit-a-lapse. And I thoroughly loved the spit-a-lapse until I kept a lot of them. And then I realized that I really don't like them. I think they're really cool if you have one or two. I would not recommend more than that. Um, they're a bit of a pain in the ass, to be honest. They rarely ride a hook. Um, they can be quite finicky eaters. Um, when they are feeding, they're usually trying to kill you and not eat their food. And is there any cooper that doesn't do that? Yeah, there's a lot. And then uh, when they're very small, they because they don't ride a hook and because they're so spastic, uh, Henry and I actually dipped uh, giant tweezers in rubber and just grab them with tweezers because there's no other way to take them out of their enclosure. So I think it's middle apps are really cool, but I think that they're you gotta really like them and only have a couple, don't have a lot. Just my just my advice. See he came to his senses that Daytona got some bears. He did. Most definitely did. Finally, people will get it. People will understand. Dude, that was the first time I'd seen that many. I mean, dude, I'll be honest. I never really gave him any thought whatsoever before meeting you. But now I'm noticing it. And I really, I not to not to toot your horn, but Justin Smith, the Bear-Dye King of the South, spreading the gospel. I love it. I need to breathe. I need to pair mine again. 
And dude, like I know you keep talking about like Loma Alta, Loma Alta, Loma Alta. Those things are fucking dope. They really are. Those should be ready next year. Cool. Very cool. Unless I somehow come across an adult female by the end of the year. But I'm curious, man, because I've been thinking about it. I don't like I have that hypo male, right? Right. I don't have a head. I don't have a visual female. But I am very curious to start sort of playing with that and tying it into like the Loma Alta stuff and the Mexican stuff just to see kind of what happens. But at the same time, I don't want to play that mad scientist thing and like. Not that the locality and purity thing is is as serious in Baird's as it is like Turna for whatever reason, but I don't know. It's like I have these Baird's. I have no idea what they'll look like as adults, especially when you're pairing like the hypo. I mean, they'd be heads regardless. Right. But. So the hypo is a legitimate genetic abnormality. It's not just a lighter colored one. Yeah, no, it's legit. Everyone thinks it's albino. They're hypos. Okay. Maybe it's the other way around. Hypo. You always call them hypo. It gets inter they, they they get interchangeably used a lot. People say albino. Some people what say hypo. hypo. I, I believe it is technically a hypo. Are there any albinos or no? Um no. Let's see. Let me make sure. Well, that's cool, Vic. Saying T plus, but it's in the book. I just don't remember. In the uh, uh, Sabak book. Yeah. Cool. I just think it's it gets so twisted up. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, those would be heads, and so I'm curious. Uh, just like throwing that into sort of the Mexican blood and seeing what happens in the Loma Alta blood. And I don't know. Like, I want to do it just because I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm also like, I don't want to be sending out stuff that people are going to just sell off and not, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Forget to mention, oh, it's a mutt and oh, it's het. You know? Yeah. What, uh, what bears does Chris have? He doesn't have any. He doesn't have any? I thought he had every species of rat snake in North America. I thought Chris had every species of rat snake. Or is that his goal? I think that's his goal. He doesn't have any bears. He's waiting on me to produce some before he gets some. So. Dude, if I was him, I'd be making weekend trips, bro. Right? For realsies. I'm still waiting for... I need to talk to Kyle again, because I told Kyle. I was like, keep an eye out. Yeah, I actually... Dude, Kyle's been pumping out some awesome stuff, and there's, I guess, two or three other buddies of his, mm -hmm. West Texas dudes, that are coming out with some amazing photography. Um, but it's crazy. I haven't talked to Kyle in shit. Maybe two well, I need months. to, yeah, I need to talk to him about mice because I need to figure out where he gets his, you know, the extra stuff he feeds. Because now that I have the mice and stuff, I definitely want to start giving them some supplemental food instead of just diet and, you know. Yeah. Give him some almonds and nuts. And... I wonder if they'd eat. Do you think they'd eat dried mealworms? Nice. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, I believe I follow her on Instagram. Where is Ivory Exotics? Let's see. Let me take a look. Someone just messaged the Buford Tobacco page asking for a year of the rat. Why would you want that? <laughs> Dude, it was not. I mean, it's not bad, but I was like, for a $20 cigar, this is. This should be better. Uh, Henry says they're in South Africa. They're in Florida. Florida. Plant City. Plant City. I think I know that girl. They got some neat stuff. Some of them, Imantides, which I think is pretty neat. No one's keeping those. That was a species I was obsessed with as a kid. What? Imantides. The blunt-headed. Oh, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Was, was Is Brittany and her boyfriend, I guess they were doing some venomous stuff, too? Or getting their hours, too? I don't know if it was with uh, Carl or not. Oh. Middle Florida area. They got the Xenodon Werner Eye, which are those bilineata mimics. Yep. Very cool. They got Jansen Eye. They got neat stuff. That's a big-ass parrot snake. Good dog. Interesting. Dude, those Drymobius racers are so cool. Oh, yeah? Have you seen those things? No, what's it look like? What? There's too many snakes in my head, bro. <sighs> Show me that shit. Oh, do you remember uh, me and Nipper were getting hard-ons for the Montpelier snakes? Mm-hmm. Underground imported a few from, I believe, North Africa somewhere. And I missed out, and all the really, really pretty ones sold like the first day. And now I'm kind of kicking myself about it. Well, that's cool looking. It's very cool. It's like a terrestrial paradise. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. You know what I really like that I never really got into were those African bush snakes, the ones that mimic the mambas? You know what I'm talking about? Mm -mm. They're a small semi-arboreal colubrid that is very thin-bodied, lime green, like crazy lime green, big, big pretty eyes, and they have a jet black mouth on the inside, and they flash their mouth open like a mamba, and they act like a mamba. Some people actually call them false mambas, but they only get like five foot and it's like thick as your index finger. They're really thin snakes, um, but they're super cool. They're like they're literally like a poor man's mamba. It's awesome because they, they, they open their mouth, they gape. Well, let me see if I can African bush. Dude, they've got some hey. teal fernatum that are freaking sweet too. Lasagna. 
Let me see. I don't think they're not going to send me. There's something else. Here, check this shit out, sir. Oh, I guess they are. Got me something for an atom. Dude, you ain't kidding, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what? Hold on. This is blocked. It's being blocked by the, um, by the uh, logo. Why is this not loading? Why are you not loading? Uh... Look at that big old Chlorecus. There we go. That's what I want to show. How cool is that? It's like the African version of a parrot snake. Yeah, pretty much. Wait, how is the HM logo there? I don't know. You see that? Oh, oh, look at you. Ah, <laughs> slick. When I when I stream me like doing the magazine design, I throw up the HM. Oh, that's cool. I was like, dude, how did we didn't use that picture? Still cool. God. See, I'm jealous of all this stuff, but at the same time, it's like most of these snakes are probably a massive pain in the ass to keep alive. Yeah. Most definitely. Well, it's like what Victor was saying is uh, she deals with all kinds of obscure snakes right up your alley, Justin. Dominique, Which it is. Thank you for joining. Good night. So, yeah. Let me see. There's a species called Thrasops. Thrasops is awesome. Love Thrasops. She's got some. What are those native to? Africa. Looks like a freaking boom slang one. Of yeah, Thrasops Jackson. Right? Jet black. She has the Ossidentalis. Oh, does she? Throw that picture up. Let me see that. This... Yeah, the um, Thrasops is actually rear fang mildly venomous. And. Uh, there was a big, big misconception that they were lethal because people were getting bit by boom slangs, assuming mm -hmm. that they were thrasops. And like people were dying, and they're like, oh my god, these thrasops are super toxic, and they're really not that toxic. But I mean, obviously, venom is venom. You don't want to get bit regardless. But oh wow, look at that thing. I've never seen that before. That's amazing. That's cool. Nice Asian vine. Little Jansen eye. Oh damn, that is a cute little Jansen eye. Dude, I hope I can breed those things. I hope I can make that happen. Yeah. There's that Xenodon. Nice. I can see, dude, climbing a tree. If I saw that in a tree in Africa, I'd be like, that's a freaking boom slang. Like, at first glance, yeah. without so a doubt. How, it's just that, right. that scalation is yeah. so, that is, uh Yeah, so see how the face is green with the yellow and green going down the neck? Yeah. As they get older, that just gets jet black. Like, rich, rich, oil slick black. Yeah, I had them uh, at Strictly, man. They were super cool. Super cool. I would definitely have some Langaha if I had a regular supply of lizards, man. Like, that's a cool, cool group of snakes. And the more Nipper talks about them, the, uh, 
Yeah. The more I'm tempted. I noticed you gave him executor stat executive status. I did after getting That's enough. True. He gave me enough shit. Yeah, right. It's good. But you should have had it from the beginning because he should have. He should have. Yeah. See, I know what you're talking about. See, now that's all. Yeah. Is that the same exact specimen? I don't. I don't think so. Okay. She got oxybellus, which I thought was pretty cool. You don't see those too many, too very often. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that parrot snake, dude. I've never seen one that big. That's a diesel import. Diesel. That's not good. <laughs> what are we looking at here? I I don't know. Oh, right up yonder. There's this Drymobius. Oh, very cool. More Oxybellus. This. Yeah, man, she definitely has the obscure stuff. Very cool. See, these I just find like so cool that she has these. Yeah, that's awesome. But I wonder like what she's feeding. Like I said, man, as a kid, I wanted some of those so bad. I was like obsessed. And those are South American? Uh, yeah. yeah it's so like a, it reminds me of a South American telescopist. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. I definitely want Telescopus semi-neurotis. I really, really like the Tanzanian tigers. I really, really like that. Yeah, this blue for Adam. Oh, wow. Look at that. Gorgeous. Man, the people that are listening to this as a podcast tomorrow, they're going to hate this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Asian vines would be cool. Like, I think it's cool that she has the, uh, like, not the Persina, but the... Miss Terzans, I guess is how you pronounce it. I don't know. They're not the normal vine snakes that you see coming in. Yeah. Like that's the other species that's harder to get. Is that another Jackson line? Yeah. Awesome Nutellus. Oh, that's awesome Nutellus? Looks like it's made of freaking steel, dude. It does. Like that yeah. black braided cable they use to hold bridges together. Well, you know what it looks like? It looks like samurai armor. Like yeah. shingles, yeah. Shingled samurai armor. See, if oh, I did that with any of mine, like if I did that with the Jansen I, they'd try and light my ass up or take off. And if I did it with the Condors, they'd think they were getting fed and they'd probably bite me. Probably. That's so cool. Though. That's got such a good feeling, too. Like when you put a fresh bowl of water in there and you see the snake go right over and just drink for like five minutes straight. Well, like it also, like, all right, so for those Here's of you, what we're talking about. There you go. So yeah. for those of you who can't see what we're talking about, uh, there's a thrasop, a juvenile thrasops, and she has a large gauge syringe full of water and she's drip feeding, drip drinking it water from the syringe. And the thrasops is sitting there drinking it. It's cute as a button. Um, and it makes me wonder if that animal was actually captive produced because I find it hard to believe that an animal as observant and as uh, aware of its surroundings as Thrasops would be that inclined to drink 
in that regard. Like, I feel like a Captain Bird Animal is going to drink from its water bowl or it's going to drink dew or whatever. Yeah. Be sufficiently hydrated. I feel like that animal is an import and it doesn't necessarily know that that water bowl at the bottom of the enclosure is clean or fresh or whatever, but it knows that rain and dripping is, is a, uh, a suitable form of moisture. Dude, I'm so jealous he has his freaking blonde headed tree snakes. They're cool, man. You know what's interesting? I wonder if there's. So if you go down the, the the link far enough, that there's there's some sort of relation of these to Boiga because Boiga have these same really large scales along the spine, right? And it makes me wonder if they were at some point related. Yeah. See, Oxybella. What's I never even heard of Oxybellus wilsoni. Like I didn't even know there was another species of that. Yeah, like now, hold on. Is that just a lightly colored one, or is that a different species? Completely. It's a different species. That's Oxybellus wilsoni. That's not Oxybellus oh, wilsoni. Yeah, that's not like, the That's. Uh, see, I've seen Maleri bring those in. Yeah. Damn it, Victor! Why'd you have to show us this shit, bro? Bastard. Right. Not an animal to casually freehandle, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Yeah, right. That's cool. See, I've never really, I didn't, I've never seen. Oh yeah, look at that flare. The out. langaha, yeah, with the the pudding sort of thing. Yeah, that's super cool. Now, forgive me, that that red is part of the dimorphism. Or is that just like fired up? No, I think that's just that's that color. Okay. I believe that's a male because I think males have the. There's a difference. They are dimorphic from the nose appendage. Right. I think that's a male. Let me see. Okay. No, that's a female. Okay. So. I'll have to go go back to the magazine and read Nipper's article. To All right. Remember. Dude, it's, it's, it's awesome because like we, we read so much shit and it's so hard to retain so much of it. Ugh. I like to think I retain all the important stuff. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course, absolutely. Hey, scroll up for a second. What was that thing? On the left? Oh, oh, keep going. That right there on the left. What is that? Ballpipe? Oh, my God. No, no, no. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Clown somethings. Oh, wow. That caught my eye. That's pretty fucking cool looking. Pretty cool looking for a rock. Who produced this? Hmm. Doesn't say. Good looking condor. What is this? A patch nose? That's cool looking. That's real cool looking. I've never seen one like that. What is that thing striking the camera? That's one of the Frenatum. Oh, Apparently, compared to the rhinos, they're much more pissy. So. Right. Oh, that's a nice pairing. Ah, uh, they were produced by Patrick. Patrick Holmes. Oh, no. Yeah, that's I thought so. Because when I saw that that neonate up higher, I was like, that looks like one of the ones Patrick produced. Yeah. Sure is enough. What is this freaking thing? 
Sonoran ground snake. Didn't even know it existed. Agreed. Another fanatum. That's another dream species. Yeah, it's good. God, those are hard to find now, though. See, these things are cool. Like this is the the oxybellus. That other one that you see more often. Yeah. And see, dude, I would never, ever do that. That is a sure way to get fucked up. Oof. Hmm. Very cool. I don't know, man. Because I'm not, I'm not down to play that game and roll those dice. Yeah, not about it. Not about it. You want to be the guinea pig? Feel free. Let me know how it goes. How much it yeah, sucks. Doc, doc, so I can avoid it for sure. Oh. Hmm. Well, I believe it is bedtime. Yes, sir. So, we've, we've probably pissed off the people enough by talking about all these awesome things and them not being able to see it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, won't be too upset when the, listen, the listening downloads is not that key. It'll be all right. Always next week. Same snake time, same snake channel. I do. I'm going to talk to her about Imantides. Even though we don't need more snake stuff, I'm going to talk to her. Yeah, I won't lie. I've been trying to like, I've been trying like the the tools article I wanted to write for a long time, and I just kind of backburnered it. But I'm really trying to like search my soul is to write something that's not snake related, and it's very difficult. I won't lie. Yeah, we're working on it. We are working on it. So, well, thank we'll you all. all. Later. Good night. Thank you. That's Phil was saying yes. to all. Thank you. Go the fuck to bed. Fair enough. Good night. Later.